Adventure Presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Streaming Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Should it be scrolling review? Nah, yeah, or is this Eric Marchin? Who knows? Or are you Matt Rohrbeck? Who can no you trust? <laughs> exactly. Today we are reviewing the first two episodes of Marvel Studios' Secret Invasion. Spoiler-free, completely spoiler-free. Uh, uh, we're putting this out before the episodes air, and we're also reviewing the first two episodes, where I believe everyone's only getting the first episode when this releases uh, next week, which would be, I don't know the date, I should June have June 24th? Prepped. Thanks, Eric. Or is June it 23rd? 20- uh, I think they're still doing them on the Fridays, aren't they? Or are they doing them on the Wednesdays, which is the 21st? You know, guys, we should prep. 23rd. We should. But you're getting this raw. You're getting it real. It's in the moment. We're living in it. If anything, Eric, we're raw and real. (laughs) Raw and uh, real. That's the Untitled Movie (laughs) Movie Podcast podcast slogan. Oh, gosh. How are you doing? I'm good, Matt. I'm good. Uh, You know, like we've been recording a lot recently, so we have reviews for you know, the Flash coming up, but also uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Transformers, Rise of the Beasts, uh, a review for Asteroid City. And it's been a lot of fun just kind of getting back into a groove, but also I think having more fun with it and just having a good time talking. I mean, I always have a good time talking about movies with you and and things like that. But um, yeah, it's just nice to kind of like, you know, do it at your own pace and you know, not worry about anything else. And, and, you know, the world is a, is a, is a strange, uh, paranoid esque thriller like this show. So why not escape from the world and into the MCU with a show that's trying to be more grounded in reality? <laughs> yeah. 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 With, uh, false flags and, and conspiracy theories and, um, a scroll you know, <laughs> terrible politicians, <laughs> shooter McGavin. Yeah. Shooter McGavin. Um, we're back in the MCU. Uh, we missed, for the first time probably in a long time, a review of an MCU movie with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, I haven't you know, talked about my opinion on that movie. Maybe I'll do that on whenever we get to a main show. But I really liked Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, MCU in an interesting spot and something we've talked about a lot. Like, you know, going through some growing pains after Endgame, you know. Um at its worst, it's it's not great. At at its best, it's been pretty good. But I don't think anything is is blown my socks off probably since Endgame. We've had some really good stuff. I mean, I guess uh, No Way Home with Spider Man was was. But then now you've seen Spider Verse, and now I'm second guessing it. I'm like, I still really like that movie, but and WandaVision, uh, you know, and and I think no, even there's been some really good Loki stuff. Has some good stuff in there. Some really good stuff. I mean, yeah. that's what I mean by like peaks and valleys. It's been kind of all over the place. Uh, but I think Guardians is great. I think uh, I really liked Black Panther, and there's been some good shows. I like Miss Marvel. I like She Hulk. But like, I don't know if anything. I'm like, fuck, this is incredible. So I was really excited for Secret Invasion because. Um, you know, it feels like going back to those kind of winter soldier vibes, that political espionage, like spy thriller, um, like a little bit more grounded, even though it still has that kind of fantastical superhero, you know, kind of element to it with all obviously shape shifting aliens and stuff like that. But, um, you know, something sort of different, a little like 
barely any superheroes in this you get war machine without you know him even being in the suit uh you get like nick fury who's always been kind of you know a a big part obviously probably one of the biggest parts of the mcu but having a focus on him i think is really interesting and then having some other players come back from various franchises and different things and like in the comics secret invasion is this like big deal like this big crossover event right like on the level of a you know, uh, civil war, civil war, infinity, uh, infinity war and things like that in the comics that were like these big crossover events. So, um, this is, I think, uh, like one of the bigger deals when it comes to the MCU on Disney plus the shows. So, um, I was looking forward to this. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll just kick it off completely spoiler free. Um, after seeing two episodes, uh, I, I'm definitely intrigued to see where this is going. I think it's only six episodes, so we only have like four more after this. I always forget with the Marvel shows that they're just like one big long movie that it's not like 12 episodes or eight episodes sometimes, but unless it's the 30 minute ones, which are sometimes 10 episodes anyways. Um, I'm intrigued, but I'm not completely won over yet. Um, I think the pacing was... Um, a lot happens, but also it it it's methodical in its pacing where I feel like it's taking its time to really kind of, you know, show its cards and kind of move along. So um, I feel like I uh, both a lot happened and nothing happened in these two episodes, and I'm, I'm com- not completely won over yet. I think there's some good stuff here. Um, uh, I, I really love Olivia Coleman. Not enough of her, I think, in the two episodes, but I do like when she pops in. She's you know, a great actress and, um, and, and there's a lot of great actors and actresses in this show. And, uh, I think Kingsley Benadir is an interesting villain so far. And they are taking that approach of where you, you don't necessarily agree with what's happening in the show, but it is one of those villains where you can kind of understand where they're coming from. Although the plot of the show and what the you know, rebels are doing and we're trying to dance around stuff so we don't spoil things, but um, feels a little derivative of stuff we've seen a bunch of times, not only in the MCU, but in other kind of movies like this and shows like this. Um, but I do like him. Uh, I think he has a presence to him and and I, I've been, I kind of liked him so far. And then focusing on Nick Fury, it's just like, I think what's carrying the show is I just love Samuel L. Jackson so much. So like when you focus on him and just, I could watch him, you know, talk with anyone and there's a great sequence with him and Rhodey, uh, with Fury and Rhodey where, um, a back and forth between them that I really like. I don't necessarily a hundred percent buy Rhodey's motivation or who he's aligned with and stuff like that, where I'm kind of getting lost in like, why would these characters be acting this way towards one another? But throughout the series, you see that a lot of people are kind of pissed at Nick Fury for leaving for years and just disappearing. So people have kind of turned on him, but um, yeah, the whole, Here's the thing, like I'm not a huge fan of Captain Marvel, um, the movie. It, it's it's okay, but it's fine. But it's lower on my my MCU ranking. If you were to if I was to show those again, the Skrulls never really did anything for me. Um, and I just there's some cool ways that they they utilize the who can you trust? Like they can shape shift into anyone, especially at the end of episode one. I think there's a cool sequence where I finally like okay, this is working how you're showing this. It's sort of creepy and and, and and cool in the way that you're doing it. But just the like, is this person this person? Is this person this person? Like, 
kind of wears thin a little bit to me or it gets like confusing where you're like, okay, wait, were they that person the whole time or were they that person just for like that sequence or moment? And like I had myself going like that, which I know the show is intentionally trying to get you to second guess everything. Um, So that's where the intrigue comes in, where after the two episodes, I'm definitely like I am interested in seeing where this is going. But uh, from everything from the action to, you know, the plot, I just was like, okay, I feel like I've seen this done better in other things um so i wasn't like totally blown away by it and i'm not like with these mcu shows or just tv in general by the end of the episode i want you to leave me in a spot where i'm like i can't wait for next week and i don't know if i'm at that spot right now it's more of an obligation at this point isn't it it feels like that where like which is unfortunate but like I, i definitely like even when it starts, like again, I've talked about this a lot and I'll let you go in a sec, Eric, but you know, I'm like the huge MCU guy, which is fading a little bit. I've always said I'm in that kind of, uh, age of Ultron era where I'm like, I'm still like this, where I'm like, and I still like it, but I don't know if I'm like fucking new MCU movie or show, right? Like even the way the the Marvel studios fanfare, um, is utilized in this, like it's, it's probably intentional, but like it's very quick and it's just like it. I don't know. The vibes are, have just been off. And even in these first two episodes, I just was like the vibes are a little off. Like I'm seeing a lot of characters that I've seen in movies before. Nick Fury's been there since the literal beginning. Um, having Maria Hill as a part of it and Everett Ross and having with an ascot Ro- and, and <laughs> A lot of Ascot talk in the superhero content we'll be reviewing over the next couple of days. Um, but having, you know, people like Rhodey, who's been there pretty much from the beginning with an actor change. But Don Cheadle's almost been there since the beginning. So, like, uh, you know, and even Amelia Clark I like a lot. But, like, there's just uh, – and, I mean, me, uh, you and I, Eric, we're – actually probably two of the biggest fans of iron man three which i think does that political espionage thing i know i've seen the entirety of iron man three when i've only seen you know one third of this show but you know the president of the united states played by dermot mulrooney in this um is a is going to be a part of this show and then there's the president in iron man three and there's that whole air force one sequence and i liked the kind of political espionage kind of vibe of that movie and i'm just like I know this is trying to invoke Winter Soldier, I think, right? Out of anything. Um, And it's missing something. And I think that thing is Captain America or Black Widow. Um, And I just, I like Nick Fury, but I just don't know if it's enough to carry it. But I am intrigued and I hope it wins me over over the next four episodes. So. Yeah, I, you know, I'll start off with what I wrote for (laughs) the Rotten Tomatoes quote, but I'll get into it in, in more detail. A sluggish start to Marvel's paranoid sci-fi thriller falls flat when grounding the geopolitical material in spycraft minutia. And usually I like that kind of deliberately paced sort of setup to, you know, anything that is dealing with espionage or, you know, tradecraft in general. But within the MCU, and I think this is why I'm kind of mixed on the sort of the spy stuff within uh, the, MCU. The, the MCU in general is because it's so fantasiful and 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 over the top at this point that it's like well uh, having a conspiracy theory 
be kind of like at the center of the story, it's like, oh, well, yeah, well, I, I could see some validity there because, I mean, look at how weird the world has become yeah. over this period of time. And, and you know, you're watching this and you're thinking to yourself, okay, yeah, I, I like Samuel L. Jackson as a movie star and Nick Fury works as a supporting player. Um, but there's not much there. And so with this show, what they're also trying to do is they're giving him more character development. You're you're getting the new old Nick Fury. And I think part of that story, while fascinating as an allegory, the blip itself now is almost working in a way where it's kind of feels like a reference to the pandemic. Yeah. Where, you know, this this version of Nick Fury after coming back from the blip is dealing with, you know, uh, deception and displacement, uh, racism, anger, resentment, paranoia, uncertainty. And within all of that, you know, like the, 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 the Nick Fury before the blip versus the Nick Fury now, you know, might be a little bit more out of touch. And, you know, I think that that's an interesting place to start, but at the same time, it's, it's like, you know, do we really need, all this, you know, internalized sort of character development within someone who's who, who again, who's more of kind of a, a conduit to bringing these other bigger characters together and even mentioning the Avengers within the context of Secret Invasion. It kind of feels like uh, it, it takes you out of the uh, the show a little bit where it's like, OK, yeah, why wouldn't the Avengers be dealing uh, dude, with, I, I the, with the this? Thing. Because and they do. Yeah, it's Go such ahead. a big you no, know, it's such a big deal mm. that it's like this isn't this isn't something like Winter Soldier where it does kind of feel more like an internal investigation or something that is just like you into know into shield and in, in, in with Hydra infiltrating yeah. shield. This is like, oh, they're trying to kill everyone on the planet. Yes. <laughs> like, it's just like and then This is a nuclear line, war, basically. And then you get the line of like, why don't you call your friends? Which they've done in other MCU movies, because I feel like there are people in the writer's room or the writers working on the movie go, Well, we kind of have to have the characters say that because it would be a, absurd if they didn't if someone didn't ask why they wouldn't bring those people in and it's getting more and more like the suspension of disbelief of why they wouldn't call the avengers or someone more powerful um gets sillier and sillier right like of just nick fury going like i need to do this it's my it, it's personal it's like i even <laughs> and Rhodey, this time, like it's i'm just personal. like i feel like roadie'd be like i i know it's supposed to be like no one believes him that this is actually happening and all this kind of stuff and that's part of it but like um I never even bought people turning on Fury as much as they did either. But continue. Yeah, and 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 that's one of the biggest problems because at, we're we're at this point where the world, the MCU, the world within the MCU Earth, has changed so much that I think you can start to believe that yeah, there would be these weird sort of you know subgroups and. Uh, races and alien nations kind of all colliding. It's it's not as uh, a hard pill to swallow compared to you know the paranoid thrillers that it's emulating. Even something like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, where you have the idea of the the parable of being like a Cold War sort of scenario, where the people among you could be 
you know, actually a sleeper cell or an agent uh, of chaos kind of, you know, infiltrating uh, the American way and, you know, subverting it to create something horrible or destroy it and, 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 and turn it into something else. And so when you're, when you're watching this, you already know that the scroll nation, you know, is kind of a combination of both refugees looking for a place to call home, but then you have a, a, a subsection of them wanting to, you know, take back what is theirs or what they feel is owed to them uh, based on, you know, Nick Fury's promises. And so that in itself, I think is interesting, but it just kind of gets lost in the, you know, the traditional kind of cliches of, okay, well, we have to have an interrogation scene. Okay. We have to have, you know, a big shootout. We have to have this kind of great kind of action set piece to keep people interested in, in, in terms of the buildup and the best sequence in these first two episodes is just simply a conversation between Don Cheadle and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. And specifically, I think Don Cheadle is great uh, in that second episode. And he's always been a, a, an excellent actor, but I weirdly felt like watching this one scene between him and, and Jackson and, and their characters and sort of having a conversation about race and and sort of you know the the idea of being supportive of one another and trying to move forward and and you know all of that is is excellent but Cheadle does something there where it feels like it's not just simply, you know, an actor collecting a paycheck. Like there's there's mm-hmm. there's a truly like I'm really pissed off with, you know, uh this this guy who you know, thinks he knows everything and is saying everything. And it's like, well, he's been gone for a period of time. Let's, you know, regroup and, and understand where, where we are now. And I think the blip also gives a little bit of uh, validity to Cheadle actually to where he is now as, as a character, as, as, yeah. as where, where Rhodey is, because he's kind of tied by bureaucracy. He's, he's at a different point to, to where maybe he was even an end game or civil war. And so he's kind of having to maneuver both the superhero life and also the political aspect of his life. And I, I really like that kind of uh, sort of interaction between the two. And even like Jackson, again, I don't know if Jackson's a great actor, but he is obviously a movie star. Charismatic. And, I think this is sure. Why. Sure. But, but you look at, at him as an actor and there is one moment within that conversation when it ends where like, you know, you think I'm uh, even when I'm out, I'm in like, that's a really well delivered line, but it just kind of feels again, like Nick Fury is just one of those characters. That's more of an audience surrogate in a way to kind of introduce you to a new Avenger or set things up in order to kind of move the the bigger picture along. And so when you're, you're giving him more to do, that's more focused on him it, it does kind of feel like he is kind of thinly developed. And then, yeah, I, I really do like Kingsley Benadir as well. Um, but a lot of this plot does, and, and again, like they both characters have scenes that are very similar where they're sitting at round tables, kind of being on yeah. the opposing ends. But you look at how someone at certain, again, age is another thing that's really important to this, where how people handle things depending on where they are politically or personally. And, you know, in both cases, you have these characters not using excessive force, but their their wits, and I think that that's an interesting aspect of it as well. But it just never really comes together with the actual sort of 
genre elements within the spy world. I think a lot of that is kind of, um, you know, uh, run of the mill for the most part. Like there's not a lot there that's really all that intriguing because you kind of already know the world so well and they're not really surprising you with anything. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. And I think it's hard to like do a, these aren't technically reviews. I guess they're like first impressions because the way that the Marvel shows are structured, they aren't really like episodes of TV, right? Like it, it does feel like you're seeing a chunk of a movie. So it's like if we reviewed the first act of a film, and I know we've joked about Dune and Spider-Verse and we're getting Mission Impossible and stuff being a part one, but this would be like seeing the the first part of a trilogy or something, right? We've only seen the first act. So, um, which I think is fair to talk about and say like, if, if we're intrigued to watch the rest, but um, it is so hard because they are structured like, movies i think only like she hulk was you know because they, they had that episodic format and wandavision because because WandaVision WandaVision was playing within the structure yeah yeah where they felt like episodes of tv where uh, i would never look at the first act of a movie and and you know because a movie sometimes doesn't find its you know uh, groove until the second act or even the third act sometimes where everything kind of comes together so it is difficult but like there are some things i did really like we mentioned some of the performances um um i love seeing shooter mcgavin pop up great just more christopher, christopher mcdonald <laughs> more christopher mcdonald please um and finally christopher mcdonald is in the mcu um at last i, I did like you know again even if some of the th- the things are derivative of other spy movies and shows and things like that. Like I, um, I did like the sequence at the end of the first episode, even though it feels like, you know, something we've seen a million times before, but I liked how that set up. There was a very surprising thing that happened at the end of episode one, um, which then made me a little bit more intrigued to watch too. Uh, and then the <laughs> end of episode two, there's a, equally surprising thing that's very different than the end <laughs> but almost laughably one. bad i think <laughs> I, I don't know bit. if it's i i didn't quite i understand what you're saying but like it's it just a, a weird, weird choice to, to where they on. leave it yeah um and uh yeah I, I, I what i was surprised uh darker and more violent than i was anticipating and i mean like uh in the way that the MCU would usually cut away from violence or kind of imply violence. Um, uh, this more, you know, bullet holes going through someone, fingers getting chopped off, knives going through people's necks and shit like that. Like where I'm like, oh, goddamn, like that. That's way more violent than I expected. It's not like you know, Deadpool or or um, I don't know any other R-rated. Uh, spy thriller or something like that like with with gratuitous gore but um it was more violent and darker than i expected it was even some of the the stuff that the the rebel scrolls get up to um and their plan and how that's executed and and you know the casualties and stuff like that were um way more explicit than I'm used to in the MCU or, and I guess that's them trying to take a grounded adult kind of approach to this series. And I don't think that's a good or a bad thing. I just wanted to state that because I was surprised there's a couple action sequences or a moment with Olivia Coleman's character. Where I'm like, Oh fuck. I did not expect them to show that. Um, and, uh, I just wanted to point that out, but, um, not that that's a good or bad thing. Cause I think it worked fine 
implying violence before and i'm fine with showing it it's just it's interesting what as they evolve and get further along in the mcu you see them trying to you know open up to things that i don't think they would have done 10 years ago or seven years ago or something like that and because of the disney plus format and things like that where they don't have to worry about an r rating in a movie theater or, or something like that that uh, i think they're open to doing something a little bit darker i guess yeah, I don't disagree with them going kind of the more explicit route for something like this and, and with the context of the storytelling. But there is something that is a little weird with the bigger picture of it where tonally it does kind of feel off where you will get, you know, this hyper stylized, very colorful, you know, cosmic kind of section within the MCU that isn't very violent, that is geared towards uh, all ages, but then you get something like this and they both seemingly fit within the same world. And it kind of feels off there when you're looking at it as a bigger picture. But when you're, when you're focused on it as just, you know, one piece, I think that's fine. I just think when you're, when you're looking at it as a whole, it is odd when you see, yeah, you know, blood or, or dismemberments of any kind. And then you see something that's kind of more light and fluffy where, I think the bridge, the, the 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 strongest kind of connection between those two is something that James Gunn has done with the Guardians movies, where there is that sense of glee, but the glee is almost demonic in some cases. And you have, you know, Even Guardians those... Three has some gore in it that I was surprised by. Yeah, too, and, right? and and that's also coming from Gunn's background with with yeah. trauma, right? So you know, you you have those elements, or you know, mentioning with with. Iron Man 3, Shane Black's personality coming out in the material and kind of subverting your expectations for what a superhero movie could be. You know, this feels a little bit more streamlined with the spy genre as a whole. But when you're watching it, I think some of the grounded elements are harder to keep are harder to keep on the ground because you know the world as a whole is so unpredictable within supernatural cosmic, uh, you know, uh, of other worlds races, you know, it, there's just so much going on that I think if you kind of hone in on something specifically, it might be harder to, you know, dive into for that, those first two episodes where you're kind of still adjusting to, okay, well, this isn't really going to, you know, do anything that's too fantastic or over the top. And it's kind of yeah. playing closer to something like the Americans than it is. Um, the Americans with aliens. Yeah. Yeah. The Americans with aliens or, or alien nation or something like that. Yeah. And, and even another show that I mentioned, you know, even in my tweets, like it, it's a less campier version of something like V, which that what is V. So V was a show in the early eighties that was about a, an alien race that came to earth that was trying to cohabitate with the earth population. And at first they were among us wearing human suits and underneath their, their lizards. And okay. some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Um, but it sounds it's, like it, this. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's very dated. Like, I think a lot of people now will, will look back on that show. And, and the only thing maybe they'll remember is like Robert England was on, on the show for, for, he was like a good, lizard alien and, and Robert England sure. went on to play Freddy Krueger. He's the Ben Mendelsohn of <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so it, it reminded me of that a little bit because I remember watching that. I remember watching that show as a kid because it was on space in syndication. 
Um, but it was it, it was campy from the sense of you're you're watching it as a child growing up in the late '90s, early 2000s, where I could see like this movie in twenty or this show in 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 twenty years also being kind of like that, where it's a little bit goofy overall, especially with the scrawl makeup and yeah, some of the customs kind of- and culture of it all. That's what throws me off. I think sometimes when I go back to like, I just don't know if I like the scrolls as a, as characters and, and if I am really invested, like I will say I, it, it's interesting because in Captain Marvel, they throw you off by making the scrolls good guys. Right. And that was kind of an interesting twist in Captain Marvel that you're not uh, expecting, I guess you, cause if you're a Marvel fan or a fan of the comics, you kind of know how the scrolls have been portrayed. So portraying them as, you know, um, refugees in that movie and, and not bad people or, or, uh, I guess they're not people, but bad, uh, I guess they're people, bad people. Um, it, it was interesting, but then you kind of go back on that right away. Cause you want to do secret invasion and then you gotta go, have to go, well, how do we make them how do we make the secret invasion plot work uh, now that we've kind of portrayed them as, as good guys. And I think it's interesting having a rebel group that's kind of sick of Talos's and Nick Fury's kind of um, like, Oh, well, we're working on it. We're working on it. We'll find you a planet. And then they go, well, you're taking too fucking long. So we're going to kind of go off and we can shape shift into anyone and we'll try to kind of take over earth. But then on a negative side, the whole thing, like we're trying to kill everyone on earth has been a million, like it's every superhero plot, right? Like, so even though you're trying, you're doing like a grounded spy thriller. And even if the way they are trying to destroy everyone on earth is in like a, we're going to manipulate society and the government and, and nations to fight against each other. And, and and all that shit is still ultimately you know, ticking. They're trying. Oh, they're trying to kill everyone. They're trying to blow up Earth, essentially, right? So then that's kind of where I go. Okay, we're just like you're. You're. There's a different wrapping paper on this. But once you rip the wrapping paper off, it's still kind of the same superhero plot we've seen, you know, time and time again. Is it a little bit more interesting when you go? Well, you don't have a superhero to handle it this time. You have a, just a dude and Nick Fury who has to do it himself. Then you go, okay, that's sort of interesting. Okay, he has to stop the planet from blowing up, essentially. And I'm being very... That's not exactly the plot. I just don't want to spoil it for everyone. But that's essentially what the plot is. But there's more uh, new nuance, maybe isn't the best word. But there's more to it uh, than what I'm making it out to be. I'm simplifying it. But then it goes back to our point before of being like, well, if it was like, hey, we everyone might nuke each other and kill everyone. Like, I feel like you would be like, all right, let's maybe call Thor or Captain Marvel, and they can probably deal with this in 30 seconds. <laughs> like, like, uh, like they'll just, I don't know. But I guess then there is a point being made, well, if we brought them down and they had to fight governments and stuff like that, it makes them look like the bad guys. And uh, so, like, I do like some elements. I'm just, if you can tell, I'm just a little bit all over the place with my, like, thoughts on it. Like, one moment I'm like, hey, that's kind of cool. And then one moment I go, is it, though? And then I go, or is that okay? And I'm like, I don't know. And then... I don't want to be back and forth on like that. But again, maybe the show is intentionally doing that. I don't know. Maybe I'm giving it too much credit because it is supposed to be second guessing. Are you a double agent, Matt? Yeah, like that is what it's supposed to be doing. So, you know, until I see the rest of it, it's hard to kind of say. And um, I don't know. I'm mixed positive, I guess. I still enjoyed the two episodes. Um, I'm 
waiting for that MCU thing. Like Guardians really hit with me, but I think I saw it at the right time, the right mentality, uh, the right. I wanted to get back to the movies. The MCU is is special to me because it's been a huge part of you know, uh, you know what I've enjoyed about going to the movies over the last fifteen years. Um, so Guardians hit with me, but I haven't had that. You know, oh my god, this is this is awesome. But I guess like after you come to the oh, sorry, I should continue that sentence. After you <laughs> get to the uh, talking about the, Transformers again, the the point where Endgame was such this you know fantastic you know ending to you know this very long saga, where I feel like it's we all just have a little bit of a hangover from it for people who are huge fans, um, and then people who aren't huge fans like. Um, I could see people just going, I don't know, do I need to watch every single show and see every movie? And I don't know if you do anymore, but like, I don't know if you didn't, like a lot of times if you didn't see Guardians, you'll be fine to see this. Even if you didn't see Black Panther, like the Everett Ross stuff, you're not going to be lost. Like it doesn't, it's fine. So I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit all over the place and I'll leave it um, at that. I do want to, like, I'm, I'm not like, oh my God, next week can't get here fast enough. Um, but I am intrigued to watch the rest. Yeah, I think I'm at this point just more of a completist where this show, I'll watch it because there will be some continuity that will connect to the Marvels or, you know, to the future of the MCU. And, you know, I, I think armor wars and things. Like yeah, that. yeah. And I, I think one thing as well that I'm not the biggest fan of with this show, which is really unfortunate, is I don't like the look of it. I think it's just very static looking and digital and th- that I, I, televisual I, look yeah, that it we still talk doesn't about. look like the movies as much no. as they want them to like it, like seeing guardians volume three recently or black Panther Wakanda forever or something, or, and you're seeing all these characters that are taken from the movies, right? Like we mostly have seen Nick Fury and, and Maria Hill and, and Talos and, and Everett Ross and, and, you know, all these characters on a film but you know what we mean by that but like in a movie um when you see it here there's still something that looks like tv and um that threw me off as well so i completely agree with you there yeah it's just very cheap looking like it it does look like the budget version of marvel where you know the movies are the movie so they'll put some more money and effort into it but the shows because also you know scheduling and 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 shooting is a different kind of beast when it comes to television. It it does kind of feel lower tier and it's unfortunate because like Loki and WandaVision do look good and they, they have high production value, but this kind of feels flat cinematically and you're just, again, it's televisual and you're watching, you know, uh, 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 you know, everything's in focus. Everything is, is, is crisp and, and, and nothing is technically wrong with it. It's just kind of, bland and i always have to rewatch these on disney plus because that watermark we have i know (laughs) just it's 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 a hard judge with with that but you know there's just there's something about the look overall that um i think is almost a deterrent where you're watching it and that almost makes it hard to get into because it's not not that it has to look pretty or anything but i wish it kind of looked more like the type of show or movies that it was emulating and it had more. You almost want it to be shot on film. Yes. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like I know they would never do that, especially for a Disney plus show, but there are ways you could have maybe given it a little bit more texture. And I agree with you. Texture is the perfect word, right? Like you want it to kind of have that 
feel to it that like uh but it just it's almost too crisp and in a bad way where you know the as cameras get better and clearer and, and 4k and, and stuff like that you can sometimes tell when something's a set or when something looks very flat or uh it looks cheaper than it does in a in a movie or something like that and and mind you there's very little um vfx in this series i i would say uh because it's trying to be a little bit more grounded other than the scrolls kind of transforming and samuel jackson's um, beard oh god that's that was not great yeah yeah i mean it's better than his mustache and spiral uh from the book of saw but it it is very like it is very silly i like the look of it but i don't like it doesn't look real it looks like a fake beard it's just like and i noticed that too and that comes with some of this like super clear like if it was grainy and textured then maybe you're not going to pay attention to the fake beard as much right but like when it's so fucking crisp and you just see this perfectly glued on beard on Sam Jackson. And uh, you can tell like, oh, he's going to shave next episode. When, I think we've even seen it in the trailer when he puts his eye, he puts the Nick Fury eye patch on and he's, he's back to classic Nick Fury or whatever. Um, it's they classic Nick. <laughs> they just were like, no, we'll put a fake beard on you. I'm like, has the technology, have we not gotten good enough beard technology or wig technology? It's just like, it always looks bad. Or, like, I don't just, know. Just let him grow facial hair. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be like a big bushy beard. It just can be like an unkept, like, I think Sam Jackson can grow a beard, right? Like, yeah. I don't know, but I guess just with how they shoot the show, probably that's why, but um, where you're not shooting it in chronological order, right? So those first two episodes when you have this beard, but it's this clearly glued on beard. <laughs> it's just like, it's stuff like that that does throw you off and take you out of it a little bit, but maybe we're being a little nitpicky. Um, we're not necessarily going to do weekly uh, breakdowns or, or, or reviews of Secret Invasion, but once it's over, uh, Eric and I might talk about it uh, as a whole, um, maybe as some sort of spoiler cast because I've enjoyed uh, doing that um, with you, but no promises there. But I will be watching week to week. But even with this show, I wouldn't even be like, you could probably just wait till it's all out <laughs> and binge it like as a movie. Like unless something, you know, crazy happens and you don't want to be spoiled and i guess there are some things like well, in the that, first episode yeah. i think there is but so i mean if you're a big mcu person you're gonna watch it right away anyway but um it is one of those things where i'm like i don't know if you need to like rush out but uh, if you, there is a, something that happens that you might be spoiled uh, in that first episode so you might want to jump on right away but uh thank you all for listening or watching we really do appreciate it as eric mentioned at the beginning of the episode we have tons of new reviews out right now we have reviews out for transformers uh rise of the beasts we have reviews for how am i so bad at this that i don't even remember what we've done spider-man um, across the spider-verse the, uh, yeah. fast 10 um yeah. we have reviews coming up for asteroid city which you can look forward to the flash yeah um we'll have a review of indiana jones and the dial of destiny coming up soon so there's a lot we're, we're we're back in a big way untitled movie podcast keeping it raw and real <laughs> you know it you know it um as always you can find uh, more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all of those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. also go check out our letterbox which is untitled underscore movies 
And if you have some time as well, uh, please write us a review or give us a rating. It, it, it always helps, and we really appreciate it. We love to hear any feedback that you guys have and, and to know that you know, you're know you out there still listening. So that's much appreciated as well. And you can find more of my reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on all the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Keep on scrolling, 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 scrolling. What? What? <laughs>